And I mean, you might notice that this sounds a bit different. We certainly notice that it sounds a bit different. It's because we're not we're, we're not all together for once. We're 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 a bit like you know in uh, the Star Wars prequels where the Jedi Council uh, convening via hologram. That's sort of what we're doing, except it's not that cool. None of us look like Kai Mundi. I don't know. You speak for yourself, Rocky. mate. Speak for yourself. I, I think that I almost get there on Plo Koon. I have no uh, idea what Kai Monday is. Just straight Mace Windu. He's <laughs> uh, probably being the shortest one. You, actually, he's Yoda. You say straight Mace Windu like he was massively camp and gay. Was he not? <laughs> Did you miss those scenes? Were those edited, were those only in my version? Yeah, the one that I watched. Look, look, we all we all know um, the you know the Star Wars prequel episode mm. two, Bone Wars. Brackets <laughs> XXX parody close brackets. Oh. <laughs> They're, they're the Star Wars prequels we all know and love. Didn't no Did one you, see, like... Bone Wars. Yeah, Bone, bone Wars. Like, bone, like, Boner Wars. Uh, We're doing did... this over Skype, was the point James was making. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing it, so that's why, it, that's why it comes out sounding slightly weird. We wanted to... We haven't done a podcast in a while. We wanted to do it over Skype. There we are, quickly. quickly and Charlie Jordan, speak. Did nobody see, kind of, the, the Mace Windu origin story? Where he had, like, a rainbow <laughs> lightsaber... And then eventually, I'm harkening back to He's the not... fact that he was massively camping gay. Oh, that took me a second. God, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were being legit. I was like, that breaks everything I know about the Star Wars lore. <laughs> <laughs> to have a lightsaber, all the colours of a rainbow. Yeah, like, like I thought you were like, like, doing a like a, horn. you know, like Saruman of the many colours. <laughs> the original. Maybe that's what Tolkien was getting at when Saruman uh, comes out at the start of the Fellowship and he's got <laughs> colours. Maybe he was just a gay oh, icon. You did just say when he comes out, and I thought I don't know the Lord of the Rings book that well. That might have happened. There might have been a thing we had to explain to his parents. Gandalf's there, played by Ian McKellen, another homosexual mm. icon. Saruman steps out of Isengard, throws glitter up in the air. Declares himself the most fabulous wizard in all of Middle Earth. <laughs> you know, there are people that have been waiting two months for this. <laughs> a podcast in a while. And, and they come back and they get did. speculation on Mace Windu's sexuality. Fantastic. I'm glad you've been waiting for this. Should we quickly introduce ourselves? Yes. I'm Jordan. <laughs> Think, things are awkward over Skype because there's a slight delay. So we all kind of looked expectantly at each other and yeah. then probably had, had a second in our mind where we're like, someone's definitely started. It's just not come through yet. <laughs> no, I, I'm Jordan and... and I'm a gay Mace Windu. <laughs> uh, I'm Robbie, and I'm going to work hard to edit round all of this. <laughs> um, I'm James, and uh, Kai Imundi, um once touched me inappropriately in a nightclub toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain what Kai Imundi is? Because I don't know. Do you not know? Oh, Kai Imundi. What's Kai Imundi? Kai Imundi was one of the uh, High Council of Jedi. Um, he was he was the one with the really big pointy head. Um, right. Okay. Like no. Okay. Yes. Form, yeah. He 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 looks like. You, did you ever see um, Coneheads uh, with yes. the Dan Aykroyd film? I was going to make that reference. Yeah. It, it looks like someone had seen that film and gone, "That'd make a good Jedi." Oh please, Mister. Can I have some more? I've I've listened to all of the verbal discharge, but it's just not enough. Why? Of course you can, young boy. We have been away for a while. Have we not? Uh, a little while, yeah. Uh, what have we all been up to in the time that we've been gone? Um, I, I got a job working at a coffee shop. Well done. Well done. Good job. Good job. Well done. It's a, Is there any it's more a, to that? Yeah. I, I, it pays as well as my previous job, and there's yeah. considerably less responsibilities. So, <laughs> thumbs up from me. And you're actually, you, you, I suppose you actually kind of roted in for actual kind of set shifts or are you no I've, I've got actual set shifts and everything oh look and at that there's all these weird clauses like they, they in Santa. my contract there's a specific thing that says i must be given 11 hours rest between shifts wow that's is, almost like human rights it is yeah, it's, it's like nice law. It's, it's not like my previous um job where i'd do a 14 hour shift with a 15 minute break leave and then start work again in six hours on a 12-hour day 
so so it's it, it's nice it's it's almost as if i'm a person again <laughs> i've missed you being a person i mean i quite enjoyed the phase where you were a flamingo and then briefly a lamppost but i've missed you being a person um i don't know what i'm talking about jordan if you did anything interesting <laughs> um if by interesting you mean knitted through like a third of a scarf yes you knitted what a color is a scarf what it's color like, of scarf would Mace Windu like it? Uh, I mean, it's not rainbow, but it is still kind of fabulous. It's yeah. it's like a it's it's a red marbled weave, multicolored thing. Not as multicolored as the rainbow, but still multicolored. So it's somewhere on the nice. That's a pretty. So it's more like it's bisexual rather than the whole LGBT spectrum. Yeah, like yeah, it's you, like one it was, out of four. It's interesting when you ask that question, like, has it, have you done anything, anything interesting? I suddenly realised I've been sat looking at, uh, like, all these people being quite successful with their, their creative writing endeavours. Like, today I was looking at people like Sophie Sparham and, and Jamie Thrasavulu, who are both great Derby-based writers. Mm. And I was kind of, like, looking at Sophie Sparham's website and looking at all the stuff she's doing and thinking, that's really cool. And then I look over to my left where my creative writing degree is in a little frame and I just try <laughs> it. Oh, mine's in the bin. <laughs> mine's um, just off to the right of me. Um, and next to it is a whiteboard that I demanded on getting for my room, insisting that I'd fill it with in- in- incredible creative ideas. Um, mm-hmm. Since then, it has remained completely blank. <laughs> <laughs> And what about you, Robbie? If 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 you done anything interesting? So I did one interesting thing, um, which is that I went to Canada for two weeks. Yes, you did. I just got up, I ran away, and I went. I'm going to Canada. I don't care. I'll see you in two weeks. I went to Toronto in particular, which is a city in Canada. In case you didn't know, I learned that while I was in Canada. Wish I'd learned it beforehand because it was just it was just a blind luck. I just happened. I, I it think was lucky. That- I think perhaps one of the most entertaining parts of your visit, from my perspective, yes. is when you were too scared to take a selfie in the line going up to customs. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was asking happen. you in the chat to take a selfie, and you just kind of warily took a picture of your shoulder. Yeah, no, I um, I think I'm allergic to selfies in general. For, for context, James was in Spain at the time. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I, I thought there was going to be, yeah, James was in Spain, and I think there was some running thing of Ben saying, why doesn't everyone take a selfie where you are, because all in vaguely interesting places. And I was in the line at customs to get into Canada, which is amazing, actually, the line for... Getting into Canada is so easy. They just sort of ask, have you got any guns on you? And you say, no, and they go, all right, then. Whereas, like, when you're heading back <laughs> into the country, they, like, back into the UK, and I did come back in when we were on high alert, when we just had sort of that bomb scare on the tube um, a couple of days beforehand... And there was it was a far longer process, though far more methodical about it than the Canadians who were just generally lovely towards you and just like, eh, just come on, we're just glad you came here instead of to New York, which isn't that far away. It's, yeah, it's, it was, it's really it was, weird no, noting the difference between border controls in certain countries. Like mm. I remember when I was um, getting a coach um, mm. from the northern part of Croatia down yes. through the uh, down sort to the southern tip, so that I could visit Dubrovnik, and um, because Croatia isn't a consistent landmass, you've briefly yeah. got to pass through Bosnia, and as we did so. Um, so when you said it's not a consistent landmass, I imagine it's like cottage cheese. <laughs> Basically, I mean you've sort of summarised Croatia there. No, as it turns <laughs> out, it's just it, it's really flat and full of really mm. surly Eastern European men. Oh, okay. Um, like cottage cheese. I'm buying it from the wrong places. Um, surged onto the coach whilst mm-hmm. we were at customs with their machine guns and dogs and, wow. and demanded furiously to look at everyone's passports. Um, it's the closest I've ever been to a gun when there yeah. was strapped across the chest of a Bosnian man. In <laughs> contrast, when I was on my way into Spain, mm-hmm. the person who checked my passport was very visibly hungover. <laughs> I wasn't really checking if the passport matched who I was. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, that's Spain for you. That's <laughs> Spain, yeah. They don't care. They'll probably have uh, just looking forward to his nap at midday. But no, I went to Canada. I went to Toronto during the Toronto Film Festival deliberately because I thought, let's go during a film festival. And I went and saw a bunch of films. Um, but while I was there, the interesting thing about going to it during a film festival is that there's lots of people who are famous there at the same time. 
Yes. So, I I have. I remember you may have listened to this podcast before and heard my thrilling celebrity anecdotes, which <laughs> which include and are limited to being kicked in the foot by Ken Loach and running into Ben Wheatley um, on his way out the toilet and <laughs> briefly talking to John Hurt while he was trying to leave a room. Um, that list of any, that oh, and I wanted an impression of rugby commentator Eddie Butler to Eddie Butler, um, <laughs> which amused me more than amused him uh, <laughs> in a bookshop, no less. But no, I, I a couple of run-ins with famous people being in the same room as them um, during the course of the festival. Um, there's one evening where I went to. This is basically they sell tickets for most of the films. Um, then once they're sold out, they do what they call the rush line every evening, just before the film, where people queue up, they don't have tickets. And anyone that doesn't turn up 10 minutes before the film starts, they sell their tickets on to people in the rush line. Oh, wow. Um, so if you're not there 10 minutes before the film started, your ticket's resold. So I turned up, so there's a couple of films I walked past, and like you'd walk, I'd go to the screening, like they suggested turning up over an hour in advance so you can get a decent seat and so on. So the first few films, I was turning up like an hour and a half in advance and so on. And I've seen there's already a rush line pretty long. Um, and there's one film I was hoping to see, which is called Killing of a Sacred Deer, um, which is by the director of The Lobster um, and Dogtooth. Um, and it's got Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman in it. And I thought, do you know what? I'm not doing anything. I don't have any plans this evening. Why don't I go and wait in line for three and a half hours and I'll definitely get into to see this film? So I went three and a half hours early and sat down. I was, I think, the seventh person in line. So there were... There were, there were six people that had been working longer than an hour and a half for this. Incidentally, I also, I was planning on doing this for The Disaster Artist and thought, okay, I need to be slightly longer than that. Uh, I'm seeing a film at three o'clock. The screening was at midnight of The Disaster Artist with James Franco and Tommy Wiseau there. I That's walked past the line. True. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I walked past the line seven hours in advance and there are over 50 people there. Wow. So no. I left that one. I didn't didn't go to that one. Skip that screening. Um, but yeah, I was waiting. I waited in line for three and a half hours to get into Killing of Sacred Deer. Fifteen minutes before it starts, James Franco waltzes up to the cinema without what? a ticket. Right, without a ticket, they let him in. They let him in. Right, the film starts. They don't let me in. I don't get in. I waited for three and a half hours to see a film. Didn't see it. Didn't get in to see the film. Waited three and a half hours. There was another point. Where James Franco, he was literally about five yards in front of me, so I think I've got an STD now. Um, <laughs> but there was another point during that same e- that same evening where the girl behind me in the queue. One of the things I liked about the film festival was that you did speak to people in line around you, and you sort of get to know them. Um, and there was a weird moment where the girl behind me at one point that evening asked, "So, who are your favourite directors?" And like I've been dreaming of someone asking me that question for so long, and no one ever has uh, that I couldn't actually speak when they said it. Um, and then when I eventually started speaking, she didn't know who Edgar Wright was. So you kind of thought, well, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I almost feel like if someone's going to ask that question, they should know who Edgar Wright is. Yeah, I'd did have you, thought. But maybe he's a British fan. Did you find yeah. her favourite director? Uh, her favourite, uh, Xavier Dolan, who's a French-Canadian director. Um, oh. I've seen one of his films. Well, I um, suppose it's better than... Adam Sandler is my favourite director. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, at one point that evening, said that girl behind me in the queue said, "Oh look, it's Rachel McAdams." And so I turned around and thought, "Oh, there's a woman. She looks a lot like Rachel McAdams." Not clocking that it was it was actually Rachel McAdams, who was from Toronto. There at the festival, went in to go and see the film, and was dressed just like a normal person, just in like a cardigan, because most of the famous people were wearing succedos or like really fancy dresses. Uh, that's just the men wearing the fancy dresses. Uh, Rachel McAdams, just dressed in a cardigan. Casual. Appreciate that. Alfred Molina, who was Spider-Man. There was Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2, also walked past me that evening. But I couldn't remember his name. I just looked at him thinking, you're an actor. You're a person. I, I recognise you, but I don't know what your did name you is just, or who you are. Did you not just decide to shout the words Doc Ock at him? I couldn't it? remember who he was at all, though. I just knew I recognised him. I didn't hey. even work out it was Doc Ock until five minutes later. Maybe Rachel McAdams had to wait in line and therefore she didn't bother getting dressed up. Maybe they were like, no, you can't come through. She's like, fine, fuck this, I'm going to get in a cardigan on if I've got to wait for seven hours. Do you, do you think they I ever get like sort of um, proper prima donna sort of um, actors in there? Like, How many times over the course of the festival do you think mm. somebody walks in to try and get into a screening 
and ends up saying the words, don't you know who I am? To the oh, I bet it happens. It's got to happen a lot of times. Like There was one evening um, where I, I was walking out the theatre. I'd just seen... Um, it was some Swedish film with Felicia Vikander. I was actually in the background of an interview she was in. You can see me walk by in the background of the interview. Uh, but anyway, um, I came out of that film uh, and I saw there were loads of people queuing up outside the back of the theatre. Um, and essentially they were autograph hunters and there's this community of people and they go to festivals, they see each other like at different conventions all year round and they know each other really well. Um, and they all bring with them just like dozens of, of photographs and of posters of different films and they try and hunt down these people um, to sign the posters. And it's just sort of this weird little community that none of them are really interested in the films. They're just interested in getting them to sign the posters and having a complete collection. And it's not about eBaying it. It's just about having these, this collection of them. Um, yeah. And sort of speaking to this one guy who had basically an anecdote about every actor or actress in Hollywood. Uh, and he was there because it was... I forget. It was someone in... It was a grand, new Grammatic Horror film, um, Shape of Water. And it was one of the actors in that hadn't signed one of her. First. It was Sally Hawkins hadn't signed his Godzilla poster, and he wanted what he needed one more signature for his Godzilla poster, uh, and that was why he was there. And he was waiting there for two hours for this. Um, but it was saying Elizabeth Olsen apparently is if there's no cameras on her, she doesn't sign anything. But the moment there is, she's really friendly and nice to all everyone. Really? So you go, yeah. See, I think um, if I was a celebrity, and um, as soon as I, I sort of appeared from what what is basically your job. And yeah. you were hounded by people desperate to get your signature to fulfil some odd, almost borderline cultish fetish that they've. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably treat them with sheer contempt. <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I think I think I'd, I'd I would resent the attention of, of being a celebrity. Mm. You know the right um, just off that same evening. You know Michael Shannon, the actor. Are you familiar with his work? I think so. The name sounds familiar. What was he in? Um, uh, he was Zod in Man of Steel. Um, he's yeah. been in most of Jeff Nichols' films. He's an incredibly intense, like, act, yeah, guy. Um, he came out of the theatre, like, and there are people queuing up, waiting to get him to sign stuff. And he said, okay, I'll just be back in a minute. I'm just dying for a fag. So he goes over, smokes, and gets in the car and leaves. Hey. I thought was fantastic. I, that was exactly what I want Michael Shannon to be like. Some people thought he was an arsehole for that. I like that. I appreciate that. Someone asked Sally Hawkins for a, a selfie. She sort of hid herself and said, no, she was too shy. She didn't look good enough for a selfie. She'd be too embarrassed to do it. A bit like me in the line at customs. Um, <laughs> I, at one point, started chanting Grandma Toro's name as he was leaving. A few other people joined in. He turned and gave me a thumbs up. That's, that's nice. another celebrity anecdote. Uh, my other one, my final celebrity anecdote from the festival, I believe, as I remember, um, was one evening I was at a... Right, there's an aquarium, the Toronto Aquarium, or whatever it's called. Um, it's open until 11pm every evening. Okay, so, that's a late... Yeah. Yeah. So, the, but the thing is, like after 9pm, it becomes like a sexy night aquarium, um, like a nightclub aquarium with fish. Um, it doesn't. Surely that's got doesn't. to be really distressing for the fish. They're there going about their fishy business, and all of the floor space is filled with people that are just trying to discreetly take drugs and grind on each other. I think it would be the music that would be more distressing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those vibrations through the water. Mind you, it is what turns me on just seeing fish dawdle around behind me, seeing an octopus or two, a shark. You know, I'm just. I'm just, I'm into water life. Um, so that's why I went to the, the aquarium. And I left the aquarium at like half nine, 10 p.m., um, having had a thoroughly sexy time, and was walking back down the street, at which point I saw a huge crowd of people and thought, huh, wonder what's going on there. Went and had a look. Angela Jolie was leaving a building. What? Yeah. And I sort of looked at like, huh, look, she's Angela Jolie. Um, she's really weird looking. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah. I mean, she's, I've always thought she looks weird, but she's really the weird-looking person. Does she look a bit like a moving waxwork model? Sort of, yeah. yeah. But not a very convincing one. Yeah. <laughs> Is this quickly becoming verbal discharge, um, judge the physical appearances of various <laughs> celebrities? <laughs> Apparently so. Um, but yeah, I then walked further down the street, and there was a free screen of Mean Girls starting just in the middle of a street that they they closed off. Nice! Um, so that was, I sat down and watched the whole film. 
that was that was my time at the Toronto Film Festival. That was things I got up to there. What was the um, best film you saw? Best film I saw: Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. New film by oh, Martin McDonough, who made In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. Um, it's very good. Um, yeah, there were a few other things I did. Like I went to the uh, Niagara Falls. Um, it's like most of Toronto is amazingly not touristy, but then it's actually true. I didn't mean to start talking about the Niagara Falls, but I'm going to do it now. Are we okay with this? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, I realize there's a lot of me talking and no one wants that considering the last podcast we put out, even though it was two months ago, was a lot of me talking. Um, but there we go. Um, Jordan, have you frozen? No, have I? Okay, his picture just, you just got like a Wallace and Gromit grin frozen there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> that was a really good I can one. see that in the bottom. I've got like this massive... Ah, Jordan, you've got a very, um, you, you've got quite a, a jovial grin going on, and you <laughs> seem completely frozen. Ah, apparently I can't turn my camera back on. Anyway, okay. Cam- well, we've okay. just got, we've, we've got a visual representation <laughs> of Jordan having the time of his life. Niagara right, Falls. No, yes, the Niagara Falls. Uh, so yeah, most of Toronto is alarmingly not touristy, which is amazing considering it's a capital city. But then you get to like the Niagara Falls, and it's amazing because we have to get like a bus in order to get there um and you arrive at the falls um or rather you arrive at this sort of spot nearby there's about i think it's about half an hour 20 minutes walk to the falls and there's another bus you can get to go straight there i didn't i decided to walk um and i turned the corner and it's this sort of ghost town the town of niagara falls and there's there's nothing there there's nobody there like i was walking down the street i saw one person in like the 20 minutes i was walking through the town it's really bizarre. Like there's sort of an old fashioned diner like they have in American films where there's just like one middle aged bar woman on the front wearing an apron and no customers. Um, there was a pub that had a stand up comedy night the following week uh, and there was no one in the bar. Sorry, go on. At one point, did you like walk into a saloon or a barber's and, and suddenly everyone <laughs> stops and turns to you? And, <laughs> I did. And, and you go up and ask for a drink and they say, you're not from round here, are you? And I said, no, I'm from Nottingham. And they said, oh, wow, like Robin Hood. Um, as happened <laughs> repeatedly. Um, there's also, is that, the is that genuinely that, a thing that happened? People just oh, yeah. Know. It was the only thing that would happen. Yeah, they say Nottingham. They go, oh, yeah. And they say, yeah, like Robin Hood. It was sort of, Robin Hood came up in the conversation every time someone asked me, whereabouts in England are you from? Um, there, well, no, there was, though. I imagine if I went to, to places where people might, like, like if I went abroad, Mm. people would there's probably a higher chance of people knowing macclesfield for what i think it should be recognized for which is the new order then well exactly <laughs> anytime i mention to you anyone in the uk like where are you from macclesfield everyone's like oh like the mac lads <laughs> like no like ian curtis and joy division and new order <laughs> Shit. would you not just say manchester though well, a lot, a lot of times, I, like I, I don't know, like I, I've often got to break down to people how, um, like, like the sort of where Macclesfield is, because I know quite often if mm. people say to me, "Where are you from?" and I say Macclesfield, it's usually followed with, "I've never heard of that place," or <laughs> something, something of that ilk. And yeah. I then got to describe, oh, it's sort of close to Manchester. It's, it's, it's just a little bit south. It's like quite close to Stockport and Wilmslow. So it, it depends how I'm feeling. Most of the time, people will just say, where are you from? And I'll just say, Greater Manchester. Because that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't tell anyone I'm from Beeston in Nottinghamshire. No one wants to hear that. Um, but oh, no, like Ann Subri. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and Paul Smith, the designer, and literally, and the lead singer of, of Swing Out Sister, who had a one-hit wonder in the 80s with Breakout. That's the history of Beeston for you. No, the Niagara Falls, which is, yeah, this bizarre ghost town. And I turned a corner um, and there was this, like, sort of reasonably posh, like, housing block. Um, like you sort of find if you wander far enough into sort of, you wander into the outskirts of any city and you find the sort of the nicer housing area. And yeah. it was sort of that. And it seemed to go on for quite a while. And I was wandering around a corner. I accidentally sat down on someone's lawn, uh, then kept wandering. Um, and I turned a corner at one point thinking i was lost having at this point actually uh i stopped off at one point because it was really really bright really really sunny that day to buy a pair of women's sunglasses um because i don't think i could pull off male sunglasses i think they have to be women's um and that's that's something i'll stand by for the rest of my life 
but I turned a corner at one point and suddenly I was in Blackpool. Suddenly it's the most touristy place I've ever been. <laughs> There's just these sort of endless like uh, shop selling is ice cream and it's touristy goods. It's little maps of Canada and keyring mooses and so on. Um, there was, it was, it was ridiculous. There was sort of arcades. There was a, a waxwork museum that I didn't go into, but it's apparently awful. Um, there's a Harley Davidson shop. Um, it was just this sort of yeah, really touristy area. And then you wander a bit further and you see the Niagara Falls and you but think, huh. did they have donkey rides? Yes. No, no, they didn't. So they're not did as good they as have an ocean full of backwashed human shit. No, no. Well, it's not as good as Blackpool then, is it? It's really not. There was a moment Wait. when I was at the Niagara Falls. I never Wait. saw. I never got to see the shit ocean when I went to Blackpool. <laughs> well, to be fair, I've never been to Blackpool. It's just <laughs> <laughs> like, like like the one thing I know about Blackpool, um, apart from well, there's the whole Pleasure Beach, isn't there? Yeah. Um, mm. I know they had a lot of problems because all of their sewage um, filtered um, for years and years all of their raw sewage out into um, the middle of a current um, in the ocean. I mean, mm. most sewage filters out into the ocean anyway and just disperses it, So, and it's just generally just consumed by the sea and it doesn't cause any problem. But I yeah. think the pipe in Blackpool or the section of uh, sewer led it into a part of water that just washed it back onto the mainland. Nice. <laughs> I think it was quite a public health hazard for a number of, like You could probably find articles about it for mm. quite a period of time where people were told not to go into the water because it was full of human shit. You know, <laughs> you know what? It's, it's strange that they kind of didn't mention that it was actually just the Blackpool Pleasure Beach for scat lovers. <laughs> yeah, I think they probably... Blackpool. <laughs> not that kind of scat but there we go oh what come to blackpool it's full of jenkin there's a, <laughs> there's a niche joke for you um now another place i went when i was in canada actually was um canada's wonderland which is the canadian equivalent of alton towers oh and while i was there um while you were there, did you did you queue for hours and, and struggle to get onto onto a ride? Uh, there was a bit of that. It got worse as the day go on. Um, I did eventually get onto the rides because they're better than the Toronto Film Festival. They actually, let people on that queue for ages. Um, <laughs> but I, What's the longest you queued for a ride? Oh, about forty five minutes. That's, That's not too bad. Yeah. No. By the end of the day, I was physically sick because the thing about roller coasters is you sort of you do the first one you think yeah this is great why haven't I been a roller coaster in 2 years this is amazing and you go and do loads and then you're like no this is why I don't do this more often because by the end of doing a full day of just having g force applied to me constantly i felt sick um, but then you would if you had a reasonably terrible bill nye film about guinea pigs just pass on your face for ages um, interestingly on this topic uh, yeah i went to alton towers not this weekend oh, yeah. but the weekend before Oh, and we spent the whole weekend there. Um, mm. and the first day was great, you know. Um, we queued for Rita for like an hour, but it broke down. And then when we almost got there, it broke down again. And we said, "Oh, fuck this!" But <laughs> the kind of interesting anecdote I've got to take away from yeah. Alton Towers is on the second day, I'd had a particularly hot curry the night before. Like God <laughs> on the second day. <laughs> on the second day, we got into the park early, and we thought we'll go to the Smiler because the Smiler is the longest ride mm. uh, not the longest it's not the longest queue so we get in the queue it's t- it's only like 15 20 minutes long at this point and I, I get there and i'm at the bit where you kind of go through these curtains and you see where people get on the ride mm. and i'm stood on some stairs and i've suddenly <laughs> my, st- my stomach kind of contracts and i feel- <laughs> I feel something. I feel something brewing, and I let. I, let, <laughs> I gamble on a fart. Oh so, no! No, I didn't. I didn't shit myself, but I thought oh. that I had. And it just so happens that at the time I farted and thought I had shit myself, that these this group of lads started laughing behind. So I suddenly became really self conscious and thought that I'd like totally shit myself, and, and everyone could see. But I hadn't. I just farted. So I got Have you got like the- color changing pants? Well, no, my, my, you my trousers I'm are I'm so Canadian, I'm saying pants. My trousers <laughs> right. are bright red, okay. so you would have seen. Mm. Uh, 
Either that, you've been bleeding. Like at this point, I've been. I'm like, I'm not backing out on this. So I yeah. get on. I get onto the Smiler, <laughs> and the Smiler is a world record holder for the most inversions on a ride ever. There's 14. <laughs> so this is the best ride. Honestly, best ride I've ever been on. But mm. every time I go up for a loop, there is like a 50% chance that the shit is going to come out of me at the top. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent, I, while it was still the best roller coaster I've ever been on, I spent an entire two minutes, which is the runtime of the ride, clenching my ass as hard as I could. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my experience of the Smiler. <laughs> that, was... that is like the thing is though like like surely there's, there's there's got to be a certain part of thrill to going on a roller coaster like the, 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 the <laughs> part of that like um i think just the speed and the amount of inversions that you do kick something in instinctively mm. in your body like it almost makes you feel like you're under some kind of attack like it sort of yeah. triggers that like um that, that that sort of part of your brain that, that, that says we should be panicked and we should be worried and i think that's part of it but i think often you get so sort of lulled into a sense of security that, that that starts to go. But I think what you've done there, Jordan, is probably <laughs> unintentionally have the pure undistilled thrill of the, the, a true roller coaster experience <laughs> should be. Because you went up there not with just having to deal with the G-force, but also the unwavering knowledge that you could shit yourself. <laughs> they should recommend that. At Alton Towers, they should have that on the signs next to the high recommendation. Better if you have a high risk of shitting yourself. You cannot go on this ride unless you need to shit yourself this badly. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a picture of someone in the queue just like. Oh, sorry, I realised that's a visual joke. I was going to no, I was going to say it's less the smiler, more the grimacer at that point. <laughs> Ta-da! There's a pen for you. Um, no, but I went on a ride. I went on the first roller coaster I went on at Canada's Wonderland. Um, and the thing is, I don't get many chances to scream. And I realised part way round, this is it. I could scream if I want. I could scream really loudly, and God knows <laughs> I need to. <laughs> like the state of the current of British politics, the state of of the world, the state of my own life. Um, I thought I really need to scream, so I prepared myself and I began to sort of ready my lungs. And I thought, well, no, hold on. There's a loop coming up after this. I should scream something important to me. I should scream something really, really loudly that I feel strongly about. So, I come to a salute. It's climbing. It's slowly climbing, right? And I open my mouth. And just as we get to the apex of it, I feel, I, I close my eyes and I think, we're going to go down in a second. And I open my mouth and I begin to shout, Brexit was a bad idea! <laughs> I get as far as the word Brexit before I realise that the ride has stopped. And that wasn't a loop-de-loop he was setting up for. That was the end of the ride. And it's bringing us in towards the close. So we've got everyone on the ride as well. And everyone queuing, like the people working on the ride and people queuing up have just heard this bloke scream from the back of the ride, Brexit! Really aggressively. And I just didn't have the heart to go through the rest of it. So it looked like I was a really, really vicious UKIP fan. <laughs> we had come to Canada and we're still spurting his views. I think um, the best part of that is is that like people must have assumed that not only are you very clearly a passionate enthusiast about leaving the European Union, <laughs> but you're so passionate that you'll shout the word Brexit in a completely unrelated country and time to, to anything to do with it. <laughs> It's like, a really like, specific political Tourette's. Not, yeah, exactly. Like, like if you shout the word, like, like even just the mention of the word Brexit in the UK is enough to divide opinion. Like, like <laughs> in, instantly, either wh- wherever people are on the side of whichever side of the political spectrum they fall on, if you say the word Brexit, people inevitably mm. have strong views about it. Whereas, I imagine if you just said it'd be like um, going to China and being in the middle of a queue and shouting the words Catalonian independence. (laughs) 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 It's it's completely unrelated to where you are. Yeah, there was actually, on my last day in Canada, as I was on my way to the the train to go to the the airport, um, I stopped off in the park to sort of have a final, like, 
And this elderly Chinese man came up to me and asked me where I was from. Uh, and I said, Britain. And he then started talking to me about Brexit for an hour. Um, because <laughs> that was the first thing that came to mind. And he started telling me how young people are more educated, so I think it's a bad idea. Um, but no, when I was having screams Brexit, um, I then got on the next ride and I thought, well, I didn't get my chance to scream properly there. Um, so I began to think I'll do the same thing. of just screaming something that I think is important to me. Uh, and I decided, like, after the first one, I should make a list for the sake of the podcast when we get there. Um, and I deliberately didn't think through, think through in advance. Like, I, I would just scream on the moment something that felt like I had to get off my chest. And I made a list of them. Do we want to hear them? Oh, absolutely. Yes, 100%. So Brexit was a bad idea. was obviously the first one I didn't quite get through. Uh, the next one I screamed on the next ride was linked, but Britain should remain in the single market, which was... <laughs> <laughs> it was on a sort of, like clattery ghost train thing um and i i screamed it as it was sort of going through like some really quick ghost train bit um it wasn't a ghost train it was just a trainish thing going under the tunnel uh, and i screamed that all the way through and it echoed a bit but you couldn't really hear it uh thankfully i also screamed alongside the same time the service in east Midlands trains has really gone downhill which <laughs> it has and i think canada needs to know um the next one, I don't quite know where this came from, but it came out of me at a moment in which I felt I need to scream, uh, which was, I don't believe a chicken should be classed as a mammal. They're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. That's why I believe that they should be. <laughs> <laughs> um, then the Minecraft level in Donkey Kong Country was overrated. The Minecraft level? It was a Minecraft level. The, mine, the Minecart level. Oh, the the minecart level in Donkey Kong Country was overrated. I going to say, I missed Donkey Kong Country precursing <laughs> Minecraft by many a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all missed that because it didn't happen. The next one I screamed was, I don't understand pescatarianism. I've just been going along with it since I was five. Which is <laughs> a real honest issue for me. I don't understand it. And yet I have to justify it whenever I meet anyone that's a vegetarian or a vegan. Um, uh, I don't... I honestly didn't think Christian Bale was that good a Batman. I really didn't. Just no, whilst doing I, I, a loop -a -loop. I, I think he was all right. I think he was a decent Bruce Wayne. Actually, no, do I? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal would have been better, who they spoke to at the time as well. He was the other guy in the running. But that, that's Shoot not me. fair, because Jake Gyllenhaal's good at everything he does. So, yeah. I mean, name me one yeah. film where Jake Gyllenhaal's bad. I couldn't do that. Exactly. Because it doesn't exist. Um, I then screamed immediately afterwards, I really hope those aren't my last words. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, they weren't. Then on the last ride I did that day, I shouted, um, Brexit, oh, okay then. And those were the things that I screamed were you, were whilst going sure around Canada's Wonderland. Final one? Yeah, I think, I think I'd lost confidence and I couldn't think of other things to say by this point. So I just screamed, uh, Brexit. Oh, okay then. <laughs> Maybe it was sort of like you remember the footage of David Cameron leaving after he resigned. If he won the record, do 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 do. Right. It was a bit like that, but on a roller coaster. Do you think I've that seen. was the moment where you realised that you couldn't keep fighting the good fight anymore? <laughs> and that was the moment I joined UKIP. <laughs> I was the first person to subscribe whilst in Canada, um, but you know that's that's the way things go. What we need to do, both in Britain and Europe, is to combine the fiscal deficit reduction, which has given us the low interest rates, with an active monetary policy, with structural reforms to make us competitive, and with... Speaking of um, David Cameron, did anyone see that thing that came out um, a little while ago now? where um, a guy took a selfie of himself and the crowd at a festival mm. and then um, later checked the photo and realised that David Cameron was in it. <laughs> That's actually like all photos. He pops up in the background of every photo you look at. He's just there. He's, just he's there. like, um, he's like uh, Pennywise the Clown in it. Exactly. Like exactly. Whenever, whenever I've looked back through my uh, family's photo albums and you know tried to trace our lineage back through the ages, I just see David Cameron haunting us as <laughs> a spectral figure. But he no, always um, looks the same, same age. Yeah, this guy um, um, 
checked back on a photo that he'd taken and you can see the photo and just a few rows behind him very mm. distinctly is the face of David Cameron <laughs> staring at the camera with his wife's <laughs> man yeah. next to I, him. I'm looking at the picture on my phone. He's mm. literally just there looking. Yeah, yeah. That's and terrifying. Then, do you want to know what the... Do you know, want, to, want to know what the headline is from the Telegraph? Oh, go on. David Cameron pictured smoking as he is ambushed by Corbyn fan at festival. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. They had to bring Corbyn in. Inevitably. To be yeah, fair, I can see the picture here. Um, to, to be fair, there is a girl with pink hair in a big sparkly outfit with a massive love heart on it that says Corbyn. <laughs> okay. Okay, oh, oh because I'm looking at that same photo now, and you can see that she's clearly quite the Corbynista, mm. and she's gone in for a hug, and you can see the way that he's recoiling away from her in sheer disgust at the mention <laughs> of Jeremy Corbyn. Everything that is not his torso has, like, shifted away from her, so his yeah. head is, like, straining away, and his arms are moving away, but his torso can't escape. He's very, very begrudgingly continuing that, uh, that, 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 that hug. You know, I mean, he looks like he's having more fun, though. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a cigarette in one hand, a glass of what I presume to be... Well, I don't think it's wine, because it's got ice in it, but... He's living I mean, if, if, if you knew that you'd um, likely go down as one of the uh, most disastrous prime ministers the country's ever had, you'd probably want to drown your sorrows in something. Though at the same time, he could be celebrating the fact that his successor is going to be even more disastrous. I yeah. suppose, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, still, we... though, I, I, I do firmly believe that, that, that he'll be remembered as a, as a genuine disaster case for, for, for having... Um, dragged us out of the single market to fulfil his own career ambitions and not even having the common decency to hang around and clean up his own mess that was word for word what I screamed on a roller coaster at Canada's Wonderland <laughs> I was actually speaking of those of events why not come along on November 10th to verbal discharges review of the year just plugging it quickly the malt the cross no that was where we did last year the, the cross um, keys the cross keys the cross keys in Nottingham it's near the train station you've got no excuse to not find it we're going to be highlighting all of the all of our favourite events from the year not necessarily the most um, thought provoking or or memorable events of the year no but certainly the ones that we enjoyed the most Mm. do you want to know one of my new favourite events oh they're gone um, I've actually um, I'll give you I've got some really interesting events lined up but um Mm. If I give you a little sneak peek of what I'm thinking about, there was a particularly overcast day in March, and uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking of doing that. <laughs> oh boy, tickets are available now from the Nottingham <laughs> Comedy Festival website. Uh, one of my favourite events of this year was, of course, the release of My Little Pony colon, the movie. Oh no! Which you went to see today, if I'm not mistaken. Yesterday. 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 I, I well wished Robbie off to that one. Um, mm. I, I kind of said, Robbie, you are wasting valuable time. That is time you'll never get back. To which Robbie said, You never know, it might be a masterpiece. Can you elaborate on whether it was, Robbie? Well, um, I can elaborate. And the, the answer to the question is My Little Pony colon, the movie, a masterpiece. Um, the answer to that question is um, is no. It's no. My Little Pony the movie is not a masterpiece. Could you um, could you give us a um, review of the film, hmm. but you are only allowed to use one crude word of your choosing? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, right. Well, my the thing is, I had to go in and before I get into the actual film. I had to go and buy a ticket for the thing. I had to go and get a ticket at the box office. Um, oh, God, which, yeah. yeah. Like, it used to be my main concern when doing that kind of thing was that it would be embarrassing and it would be like, oh, they might think I'm the sort of person that goes to see my... Now I worry that they think I'm a paedophile. <gasps> yeah, um, I was going to say this because look at, look at this guy going into My Little Pony. And mm. again, My Little Pony fan base is mainly like middle-aged men so who are probably paedophiles as well though like i'm not casting assumptions but just even if they're not acting on it clop clop doesn't make them paedophiles 
<laughs> is Klopp Klopp a real pony? Google it. <laughs> I will, but only with Rule 34. I um, oh, don't have to. Klopp Klopp is the Rule 34. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, yeah, no, but when I went to see Straight Out of Compton, the guy at the counter, I, I was wearing tweed at the time, the guy did ask me, really? Are you really going to see Straight Out of Compton? But when I went to see Straight Little Pony, My Little Pony, Straight Little Pony? <laughs> Straight Little Pony. <laughs> when they've got rid of all the rainbows, it's incredibly insecure about its masculinity. Um, I've seen My Little Pony and just nobody batted an eyelid. They're just like, yeah, fine, have a ticket. That's fine, just go ahead. Um, which felt more judgmental to me, but there we go. Um, sorry, the film itself, My Little Pony. Um, yeah, it's not very good. You know, it's, it's not a good film. Um, the plot, as far as it had one, is essentially that there are six ponies, right? There's loads of ponies, but there's six of them we, we focus on. How um, Pretty low, you know? There's At no point does anyone express possession of them, so really it should just be called reasonably small pony. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, basically one day they're organising a festival, the Friendship Festival, right? And an evil pony played by Emily Blunt turns up and is like, I don't want you to go ahead with this. I don't want this to happen. I, I want to take over uh, Equestria, which is the name of the land they live in. And you know the what? pony's like, thus, don't thus do far, that. I'm siding with the Emily Blunt pony, because I'm assuming all these all these ponies are going in there. Yeah. They're probably going to try and uh, sneak their dangerous pony drugs um, <laughs> past, past security. And I think yeah. Emily Blunt's probably going to go in and ju- just say, I'm sorry, but you haven't filled out the right risk assessment for me. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe she's like a site inspector and she's kind of like, sorry, but you haven't filled out the planning permission. And these these six ponies are just like actually the villains of the movie because they're building on land that they haven't actually... <laughs> I, want, I, want to see, I want to see a film. This is going to be a bit like, you know, Kevin Smith's um, Tusk. Yes, with, with his podcast, we've had so I many films where the main character is a um, frustrated PCSO um, <laughs> who's trying to stop a group of um, like a ragtag bunch of friends from uh, throwing the the greatest party of the summer uh, in a field that they just really clearly do not have permission to do, and like and the last half hour of the film is the PCSO walking around in complete silence, uh, just picking up all of the litter and used combat <laughs> that they've left. Oh. I also that's... want to see that, but the police officer's a pony, and played by Emily Blunt. Yeah, that's Oscar bait right there. No, that was a different live show we did. The next one's the review of the year. Um, no. Yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah, you've got these, these, these six ponies, right? Uh, so one of them is the Princess of Friendship, Right, uh, who's the main character? Who's okay. all like at the start? There's a bit where she goes up to all the other princess ponies, and she's like, "Why don't I get any special powers? Like you all do, you get these really cool special powers. Why don't I get any special powers?" Um, and guess what? She learns at the end of the film. Special power. Guess what? No, her magic power. Right? Guess what? She learns the most magic thing of all. Is it friendship? friendship. It's friendship, which is a lie. It's clearly written by someone that's never been to war. <laughs> Um, like, the woman that wrote it uh, is called Megan McCarthy who uh, is best known as a creator of Foster's, imaginary fo- Ooh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends um, I'd say she's never seen half of the things I saw when I was in the armed forces just putting that out there just putting that out there I think we should start a nuclear war her on one side right armed with friendship see if she could defend from nukes just saying that <laughs> just I... out there. so that's uh, no go on sounds like the leader of the Labour Party <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey. still um, the power of friendship yeah. and socialism <laughs> <laughs> so there's princess of friendship pony uh there's lesbian poet pony um there's who has like a dyed fringe and looks like the sort of person i meet when i i regularly go to feminist poetry nights was um that, is that the actual name of the pony no but it's what i called them i couldn't remember their actual names <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's adhd <laughs> pony um there's lena lamont pony who's kind of got a fitting, fitting really, that she looks like Lena Lamont from Singing in the Rain because I can't stand her, which is a Singing in the Rain reference for all our fans that are into screen musicals. Um, there's female stable boy pony, 
whose entire life is a confusing mess because she works on a ranch and she's got like a seven drawl, but she's a pony. So I don't know how ponies keep other ponies unless there's some sort of pony slave trade going on. Yeah, presumably. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. When, um, when the other ponies speak out of line, does she cut out their tongues and tell them to get back to work? That's exactly what happens. Slave owner pony. Um, she's Paul Dano from 12 Years a Slave. She just beats them and sings songs while she does it. Um, then there's, there's another pony as well who I don't remember anything about them as a character. But like I mentioned earlier, I'm a pescatarian. I haven't eaten meat in upwards of 10 years. Looking at this pony was the first time I've wanted to in all of that time. Like, she looked delicious. She looked like some sort of combination of, like, 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 like cupcakes and, like, cod or something, which wasn't a meal I knew I wanted until I looked at this pony and thought, God, I really want a cupcake and cod right now, or a cod cupcake, or that pony particularly. I want to eat that pony. She looks delicious. She looks. She made me feel so hungry while I was watching My Little Pony colon the movie. In the My Little um, Pony world, do you think they had a famous yeah. lasagna scandal? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Where they found chunks of human found inside the lasagna. And everyone's complaining about the nutritional value of the meat. <laughs> oh, there's another pony that's played by Sia as well, as in pop singer Sia, um, who's like a, a singer pony, and she looks like she looks like Sia but as a pony. Oh. Does she does she yeah. do one of the credit songs inevitably? Yeah, and yeah, then she yeah, sings a really downbeat song, and all the ponies dance. That makes me sad though, because I think Sierra is genuinely talented. But now she's in My Little Pony: Colon the movie, and now I hope her career ends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the ponies have to go on like some. It's almost structured a bit like a Zelda game. In as much as basically they go to some distant place, they find a species that lives there, who then give them a great deal of expedition, make them do a quest, um, and then and they, they, join they them for them a bit. That they can only use in that section and then never use again. Hey, no, they come back. Never mind. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really not very good. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff happens, and it gets to the end, and Emily Blunt becomes, a, it turns out, right, she turned evil because. She thought she had no friends, but actually she did have friends all the time, and they forgave her for like some things she did, um, and she didn't have to be evil the whole time. Um, What's the so, thing she did? like, I can't remember. I wasn't really they, paying they attention. They have at a specifier, is it left? Like, they do. It's sort of, I don't know. Like, it was like she forgot someone's birthday or something. Oh, something really minor. From like she uh, stole all their identities and emptied their bank accounts. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, she she gets double crossed by oh god, I don't know spoilers if you care about the end of the My Little Pony movie um, by the the, the the Storm King right whose entire plan him and his Emily Blunt's entire plan is to make the weather in Equestria really bad. So those are the stakes that the weather's going to be nasty for a while. So wow. basically, they live in Britain. <laughs> that's the Wait, that's when the they thing. say nasty. Do they mean like Westeros tier winter or just like bit? Of no, a it'll be raining the whole time. Like, it'll be heavy rain, to be fair, but it will be raining the whole time. It's not going to be cold. It's just going to be stormy and overcast. Like, Storm Brian is going to come along. Why are they complaining? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a film in which the protagonist's aim is to make the weather harder to predict. It's not, it's not very good. Um, it's a musical as well. Uh, there's songs, and I had been going to do a quiz where I picked out, like, lyrics. and was like, is this a real lyric from the My Little Pony quiz? film but then i i listened to the first two songs in order to do that i thought i'm not doing this i'm not listening to the entire track again i don't so gave up on it uh so there's no quiz um and instead just me talking about the my little pony film for a bit so there we go that was that was my brief foray into the the my little pony movie robbie um robbie james let's not make the mistake of referring to this as brief This yeah. has been on your mind ever since. Yeah, yeah. This has been this has been like thirty six hours now of constantly thinking about the My Little Pony movie. There's nothing wrong with that. There is, there is for my sake, for my own mental health. Has anyone else done anything at all? Um, no, not really. No. no. Okay, well, we've basically covered me. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, I, like, 
I feel like you broached this topic purposely because you had the most interesting time out of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I spent most of it lying in bed trying to convince myself I was jet lag, not depressed. Um, but otherwise, I yeah, I had two weeks in Canada and I got two anecdotes out of that. That was a, a grand well spent. Up. Yeah. Wait, how do you segue from My Little Pony to the end of a show? I don't know, but I guess I've just kind of done it right there. Uh, yeah. yeah. You've got mere that, moments. That worked. That worked. That was incredible. That was exactly what you wanted. That was that was smooth. That was perhaps the smoothest thing I've ever done. I, I just, I don't know why sometimes you put yourself through the things that you put yourself through, Robbie. I mean... You watch the Moshi Monsters movie. You watch the Emoji movie. I think yeah. perhaps you could be forgiven the Emoji movie because it seemed like one of those things everyone should watch just so they know how bad movies are made. <laughs> it's like it, but, it's quite masochistic, almost, Robbie. What, mm. what you seem to like, like that you knowingly subject yourself to to shit. Yes, I mean yeah. I understand. Yeah, I'm, just, your, your, I'm into scat like Mace Windu. Or Black <laughs> Pesby. I don't know. We mentioned something about Scott earlier. I mean, I sort of understand your reasoning for doing so in as much as it gives you a greater appreciation for the finer things when you finally see them. Mm. But that doesn't mean that you don't have to sit through hours and hours of garbage. But at the same time, right, the Angry Birds movie was pretty good. The Boss Baby was pretty good. Every now and again, you stumble across something that you think is going to be terrible and actually isn't. So, Boss I don't know. I, there's Boss a level of appreciation there. Yeah, I get that. I was. I would never have watched Boss Baby unless Robbie told me that it was good, and I didn't believe him. And then watched <laughs> yeah. it to prove him wrong, and then was like, "Oh, actually, it's kind of good." Yeah, you know is- something I got to the end of recently and thought that I really enjoyed it. Oh, wow. What? This podcast. Hey! <laughs> what a Thank segue! Yeah, we have Saw an opportunity. I took it. We have done the podcast over Skype. Uh, do let us know if you think it works, if you don't like it, whatever, or if you do like it, if you think this is better, us not being in the same room and it being a bit rambly. Sorry, it has been a bit rambly. I think we're probably out of the habit of doing it as well because it has been. Yeah, a the sound quality good. will probably be a bit. Uh, yeah, let, let, let us know how it sounds anyway. Yeah. Um, our, our pacing has been a bit thrown. I've noticed. I yeah. Think when we're normally in the same room, we can all see when the other ones are starting to talk, and we can develop a bit of a sense of. But we don't have that via Skype. Yeah, we especially because my video completely cut out, so they can't see me at all. So they can't. Yeah. It's just like, a disembodied voice. It's yeah. almost like people listening to the podcast who can't see us at all. <laughs> yeah, we do have we do have the website since we did the last podcast has been relaunched, redone, totally nice, redone. Nice. It's gorgeous. There's, there's some articles on there. Mm. Uh, some guest author posts as well. Yes. Yeah, this is exciting. We've been getting some contributions from world-renowned Scandinavian genius, Jorben Bowen. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a massive, massive article about Boris Johnson, which should be out soon. Mm. It's very good. I've read a large chunk of it. Um, oh, it's even larger. It's more than doubled in size since you read it. Wow. Okay. Wow. I'm going to um, go look at this. <laughs> I wrote one about Damien Green, who is the second most powerful politician in the country, and yet I had no idea who he is. Most people don't know. He's sort of Theresa May's right man, man has known him since university, known her since university. Um, and I went and did a lot of research into him and wrote a broadly comedic article involving research about him, uh, which is also up on the site. We're gonna have loads more stuff going up shortly, as well as the live show. Woo! Yeah. Uh. On the 10th, why not come along? Tickets are on sale now from the Nottingham Comedy Festival website. Why not pop along to the Cross Keys on the 10th of November? This charges review of the year. Yes. Where we'll review the year and more. Boy, it's been a year. Boy, it's been a year. Boy, it's been a podcast. It hasn't. It's been been a year. It's been 10 months, really. Okay. (laughs) Should we okay. should we wrap this up? Should we call it a day? Yeah, um, call it a night. Actually, call it a night. Yeah, because what a the time. Well, <laughs> thank you very much. Hopefully, we're back. Hopefully, we're going to keep this going, um, and we'll see you at some point in the future. Does anyone want to volunteer? Find a word of the show.
That's a no. I was trying to think of a word. Yeah, me too. James. Joseph Jordan, Mangala. Final word is... <laughs> There's your final word. 